with. If you're new here today and you say, boy, them people are fired up because we have a gospel message that when we were bound and on our way to hell, we opened up the word of God and God became revealed. He revealed himself to us. But now, in this very hour, I know who God is. I know who Christ is. No longer is he revealed to me. He is now being revealed through me and in me. I cannot for the life of me, shut my mouth. He's been too good. I wish there was a church who knew how, how good God was to you. I said I can't be silent. Why do you shout so much? Why do you dance and jump so much? Free men aren't silent. I'm free. When the sun set me free, I was free indeed. And so today, I have the honor and privilege of, of being here on this platform and speaking on behalf of our pastor who, who inspires me by his life. That is out there pushing back darkness and pursuing what more God has for our church. Grateful for a man of God who will consistently and constantly search out the heart of God. For the direction of his own life and for our church. Can I get an amen? Are you grateful for our pastor? Love him. We do not have a gospel of passivity. And so we have a, a sermon series. The vision expands. And so we've been walking. We've been walking. We've been walking through this for the past couple of weeks. And, and today... This strategy is called the raw gospel message. There has never been another message that has radically changed my life than the full gospel of Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, everything points to him. And I need you to understand that the gospel message is not just Jesus Christ died on the cross shed his blood for you, and rose on the third day. The story doesn't end because of an empty tomb. Jesus is coming back soon. The eastern sky is going to crack open. That is the gospel message. And he's not looking for passive believers. He's looking for the bold ones full of the Holy Ghost, taking the message to every high school around, taking the message to every country. He asked us to set our feet on, to every corner, to every highway, to every byway. He's looking for a bold church with a raw gospel message that isn't going to water it down or dilute it with some wishy-washy type of gospel. This gospel is offensive and foolish to those on their way to hell. Hell is nothing to joke about. Hell is nothing to tease about. I remember when I was in the military, I used to think before I was saved. This is many, 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 many years ago. If you're here for the first time, I know I look 25, but I'm really just 26. But I remember being in the military, I was not saved at the time, and I thought if hell could be anything like what I'm having right now, it isn't going to be that bad. 
But then in a little church in Oklahoma, I heard the raw gospel message that hell is hotter than I've ever experienced before. That hell will be a place of eternal damnation. I'll be separated from the one that died for me. And I said to myself in that little church in Oklahoma, I don't want to go to hell because there was a little itty bitty church that wasn't afraid to preach the full counsel of God. Sin will send you to hell. And if you're living a life that is opposite of what God has instructed you to do, you are packing your bags and you are on the road to hell. But I'm here to tell you the gospel is a gospel of hope. That there is one way. And if you'll put your trust in that empty, bloodied cross, if you'll set your eyes on that empty tomb and look up and see coming in the sky is the king of glory with fire in his eyes and a sort of fire out of his mouth. If you'll put your trust in him, my God will save your soul. And so if I'm preaching a little too hard for you this morning and it catches you a little different this morning, I don't care how you feel because I care about your soul. You can't take your feelings to heaven. You can't take your feelings anywhere else. They'll lie to you. You have a place in eternity, heaven or hell. Can I get to the message now? Take your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. This gospel cannot be preached by weak-minded preachers. This gospel cannot be preached by, by no backbone-having preachers. This gospel cannot be preached by, 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 by men and women of God that are unwilling to call out sin. Can I get an amen? amen? This gospel has been given to us to care, to take hold of, and to release with boldness. With boldness. And the only way that you can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness is you need the filling of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will give you a boldness like you've never had before. You'll speak to people that you never thought you could speak to. You go to places you never dreamed you would go to to, 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 to tell people about this gospel message because their soul and their destiny and their purpose matters to God. But in this fourth chapter, we see Peter and we see John. And what has just happened was that they walked by a man and the man who had been there, been lame all of his life, and the Bible tells us that they've known him to be this way for 40 years. 40 years. But here comes some men with boldness and a gospel message. I read this today on Pastor Natalie's uh, Instagram, but it was from a Smith Wigglesworth post. It says, healing is the dinner bell for revival. When healings start to take place, people wake up. And so we're about to see something radical begin to happen in the life of new, fresh believers. So he, they walk by this dude who's been lame his whole life. And he asks, they, he asks them for some money. And they say, silver and gold. I don't have. But what I do have is a name. So in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And that message is for the tired, 
church of today. This message is for the lazy church of today. This is the message that I'm bringing to you today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. There are people going to hell, and there is a life-saving, raw gospel message they need to hear. Stop caring about how people are going to look at you, if they're going to spit on you, tear the Bible up in front of you. I'd rather be spit upon, ridiculed and rejected here on earth, than to stand before God Almighty on the day of judgment and be rejected by Him. There's a raw gospel message. We've been charged here at this church to go to the nations and take territory. We've been charged here in L.A. to take this message and take territory. I'm ready to take back Whittier. I'm ready to take back Santa Fe Springs. I'm ready to take back Honduras. I'm ready to take back everywhere God sends us. But it will only happen with the bold church of Jesus Christ filled with the Holy Ghost that will preach not just a part of the gospel, but the whole counsel of it. Can I get to the message now? Acts chapter 4, I want to start in verse 13. So they healed this man. And the religious leaders of the day became very upset. They wanted to get rid of him, squash the riots that were beginning to happen, but they couldn't. Let me tell you why they couldn't just eliminate these two bold men of God. Because everybody witnessed the healing. And because they witnessed the power of God, they believed in God, and a revival began to break out because healing is the dinner bell for revival. Why are we seeing such a mighty move of God in this church? Because I can remember a story from my pastor who set his feet in El Salvador, and when he prayed over some little boy with blind eyes, they snapped back into place. I saw a little girl get carried on stage and dance off the stage. I don't know if you understand why we're in revival, but because healing is the dinner bell, and I'm ready to feast on some revival. So they heal this man. And there was no way they could just put them away quietly. So we pick it up in verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness. You think you got to tell anybody that you're on fire? Nobody has to advertise a fire. <laughs> when you're bold, everybody sees it. They sense it. There's a quickening of the Holy Ghost. There's just something about a bold believer. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. If you're here today, I need to encourage you. I don't care what kind of training you have. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. There'll be a boldness over you and you can preach this raw gospel message anywhere and everywhere. I don't know if you need to hear that today, but quit Quit stalling and get to preaching. Quit stalling and get to reaching people for the kingdom of God. You have a raw gospel message. If you don't know what to say, open it up and begin to tell them some scripture. Can I get an amen? Is there a church in this house? This is how Honduras will be saved. This is how L.A. shall be saved. When the boldness of the Holy Ghost overtakes your life. And everybody in your workspace knows that you're a believer when you walk through that door. Because you just can't shut up about Jesus. 
Oh, he's been so good to me. Man, quit talking about Jesus. Oh, but I can't. I've seen too much. I've heard too much. I've experienced too much. He's been way, 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 way too good to me. Not just me, but I can remember watching a video on TikTok from JJ of everything that God did in El Salvador. I've seen too much. I've heard too much. It hasn't taken place for my life, but I have faith because I've seen something. So no, excuse me while I dance. No, excuse me while I shout. Well, you don't look dignified. He ain't looking for untrained. He ain't looking for educated. He ain't looking for dignified. He's looking for empty vessels that'll be filled with the Holy Ghost that'll take this raw gospel message. I'll be a fool on earth. I'll be a fool on earth just to be a resident in heaven. I don't want to be known. I don't care if I'm ever asked to preach at another church in my life. I want to preach the, the gospel unashamedly and let God handle the rest. But I'd be a fool here on earth just to be a resident in heaven. Can I get an amen? Can I get to the message now? Quit shouting so much, y'all. And so when they saw the boldness of Peter and John... And perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. I have rested on this verse all week. Because God had to renew in me a sense of my own weakness. And his strength. These religious men who were well educated and well trained. Were amazed that these guys who were uneducated and untrained. Could do so much. With the boldness of the Holy Ghost. And I can remember, maybe you're here today and there's moments where you feel inadequate. Or maybe you feel like, man, that call is too great for me. It is. It is. But with Christ, all things are possible. So when Christ is in me, I've got a gospel message. If God says go preach to 150 inmates, I can do it. I may not feel like I can do it on my own, and I know that to be true, but when the boldness of the Holy Ghost and the filling of the Holy Spirit comes on my life, the words that begin to come out of my mouth, the boldness that begins to rise up, there's just something different about a man and a woman of God filled with the Holy Ghost. They marveled, they were amazed, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. How do you get the boldness to preach this raw gospel message? You have to spend time with Jesus. This is why this raw gospel message cannot be taken lightly, cannot be preached from weak pulpits with weak sermons. When you spend time with Jesus, he will give you a word that will be life-changing for somebody. He'll give you a word that will change the trajectory of somebody's life, not because of you, but because of your obedience. Can I get an amen? I need you to understand why we're preaching this on this particular Sunday. It's part of the strategic plan that God has given our church but as I spent the week just doing different things, there were so many confusing messages of this and that and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And, and it was all fabricated from the enemy. But there was one message all week long that never changed. Do you know what it is? 
I remember watching on Monday a story, and by Wednesday the story had shifted. I looked at an article online on Monday, but a couple hours later it shifted. This is the world that we live in, orchestrated by the enemy to bring confusion. But I'm here to tell you that this raw gospel message has never changed. This raw gospel message has never shifted. This raw gospel is still the same today. What does change is the person that opens up themselves to the power of the Holy Ghost. This doesn't change, but I sure did. And this raw gospel message must go forth. Silver and gold have I none, they told this man. But what we do have, we give it to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. I know preaching the gospel message at times could be scary. And here's why. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says it like this. For the message of the cross. For the message of the cross, this gospel message, he hung on that tree for hours in agony and pain. It wasn't the nails, I'm sure you've heard that before, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross, it was the love that he had for you and for me. For at any moment, this man, this, this man, son of God, could have called legions of angels, could have taking himself off the cross, that the nails could not hold him just as much as the grave couldn't hold him. But it was love that kept him there. And so this, this message of the cross is a message of love. This gospel is a message of love, but it's not a love just to, to love you into the kingdom of God and leave you that way. It must be transforming to the very core of your being. You cannot be the same person you've been for the last 10 years after you've knelt at the cross. He'll change you if you let him. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Why do we shout? Why do we dance? Because we're free. Because we're saved. Because we looked upon an empty cross. We remember the empty tomb. We look up to heaven and our high priest is there, seated at the right hand of God. And when we ask for him to send the rain, he does. And when, he, when we ask him to send the fire, he does. And he fills us. Haven't you ever been here at one of the services and just the glory, the kabod of God, so thick, so heavy that you can't move, that you can't speak. All you can do is just focus on him. It is the power of God to save me, is this message to the cross. So you're going to present this message to people, then they're going to laugh at you. They're going to snicker at you. They're going to challenge your belief. Can I tell you this gospel message isn't a fairy tale? It's not just a, a good storybook to keep on your shelf. This is the raw gospel message. This is the message that will change your house. This is the message that will change generations to come after your life. This will be the message to change Honduras. This will be the message to change Los Angeles. This raw gospel message is the only thing that can transform a person's life it's the message and when they hear that message God can begin to work on their hearts and they can put their trust in Jesus
Can I get an amen? amen? Continuing with this story. So after Peter and John were boldly proclaiming Jesus. Come on, somebody. How many of you want to get arrested for Jesus? Get your wrists ready because there's a time coming. Church, there's a time coming where the church of Jesus Christ cannot be fearful of, of police raiding churches or coming into our homes. Do you know that there are people around the world that have this raw gospel message that are being killed for it, arrested for it, locked up for it, yet they still stand? I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if this blood-bought remnant, if we had somebody break down the doors and say, son, you better shut your mouth. You better be quiet or we're taking you to jail. I wonder how many of you would stand up and say, if you're going to take him, you might as well take me too. Because if he goes, we're going to keep shouting if he goes we're gonna keep dancing I know if pastor Brian was here and the cops came here and said boy you better shut your mouth I know he'd shout louder and if they tried to arrest him I said bro you better come through through me first we going together I go where you go son this is the raw gospel message so I'm just telling you there will come a time where Christianity will be put, it to, it, put to its test, but not just the Christianity that we read about, the one that you live. This is the raw gospel message that these men died for, persecuted for. Chapter, or excuse me, chapter 4, verse 18 of Acts, continuing the story. So they, meaning the religious leaders, called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. I feel like, I feel like Christians, when the pandemic started, began to revert back. And when the leaders of the day said, you can't go to church, the leaders of the day said, you can't sing in church. The leaders of the day say you can't practice your religion. Some people backed off. Let me read that again. So they called them and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But then I continued on to 19, and, and I don't add anything to the Bible, but I see my pastor in this verse. I see Pastor Brian's name all over verse 19. Don't you see it? Can't you hear him saying something very similar to this? Haven't you heard him say, we ain't shutting down. We ain't backing down. We're tripling our efforts to help people. Haven't you heard him? So verse 19 comes on. But Peter and John answered them. Listen, you can tell me what you want to tell me, but I need you to understand something they say. Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you can judge. What he's telling them is that, listen, you want to fight and bicker about if it's okay for us to listen to God or listen to you, go ahead with yourself. But verse 20, for we cannot but speak. We can't stay silent. We can't shut up. We can't close down. There's a gospel message that must go forth. I love this verse. I felt like I lived this verse this year. And last year, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We've seen too much to shut up now. Whew, that's a word for you today. I've seen too much to shut up now. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat because I'm about to shout some more. 
We can't stay silent, they said. We can't shut up, they said. For we have seen too much. We have heard too much. They had spent time with Jesus. They spent intimate moments with Jesus. Has he been good to you? Has he been faithful to you? Have you seen some things happen? Have you heard about things happening by the hand of God? Then we must, with this raw gospel message, we must do as Peter and John did. We cannot be silent. There is a raw gospel message. And the reason why, why these gentlemen were not going to be silent is not for them. It wasn't because they wanted to gain more na- uh, notoriety or fame for themselves. They knew that people were going to hell. They knew that if they did not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, not a watered down uh, easy gospel, but one that brought the sinner to their knees with such a wave of conviction over their heart that they could do nothing but cry out to God. They knew that they had to preach that message because sinners were on their way to hell. I wonder if today, right here in this very moment, at this very time, that God can arrest your heart the same way. That no matter what, we always keep the life or the souls in the balance at the front of our mind. There are souls in the balance here. It is why we do whatever we have to do to reach the lost. Over the last two years of our church, I've seen too much to shut up. Come on. In the last week, I've seen too much to shut up. Last night, I saw too much to shut up. Can I get an amen? Anybody with me today? Are you okay? Last night, as I, as I watched everything that was beginning to happen, last night was our more service, and we brought our children in um, at, at, at one of the points in, the, in, the, in the, the service. And one of the most impactful things that I watched happen last night was to watch the youth come on stage and then watch this entire altar filled with little kids, not jumping around, not running around, but they were kneeling with their eyes fixed on what God was doing. This is why we preach the raw gospel message, because there's a generation that needs to be comfortable in that environment to know, to sense, to discern the moving of the Holy Spirit, to get them up on their feet. We prophesied over them, declared over them, prayed over them, and I'm believing that as I exit in my life and God calls me home, that this church, this church, this generation, man, is it in good hands. There are revivalists and evangelists and pastors and teachers, prophets that are being raised up in this house. So why do we preach such a powerful and convicting gospel message? Because we're not raising weak-minded. We're not raising weak-mouthed believers. We're raising bold revivalists that will be messengers of fire that we're not afraid to go to the highways and the byways. Not afraid to go to the darkest places in the darkest countries where the murder rates are out of the roof or the abortion rates are out of the roof. They're saying, God, I'm ready. Send me. We preach this message because souls are in the balance. 
We have been called to reach LA and to reach the world. And we will do that. Really quick as I close. Amen. I actually never even gave you the title to the message today. But here's the title. This is the gospel. But I wanted to take you to, to the life of Paul for a second. In Acts chapter 20. If you've never read Acts chapter 20. If you've never read Acts chapter 20. It is remarkable what is happening. Paul has been serving and preaching and reaching and teaching so many people. But there comes a moment where he has to sail back to Jerusalem. And there's been plots against his life. Because everybody wanted to shut him up. They didn't like what was happening. But Paul said, there's so many plots against my life. And none of that moves me. Some of us are moved when we see something negative posted about us on, on social media. It doesn't say your name, but you think it's about you. And this man is about to go to Jerusalem. He doesn't know if he's going to live. He doesn't know if he's going to die. He doesn't know if he's going to be arrested, beaten. But there was a gospel message deep down in his soul they couldn't beat out of him. There was a gospel message deep down inside of him. They couldn't arrest it out of him. They couldn't threaten it out of him. They couldn't burn it out of him. He was going to preach this raw gospel message no matter what. So if you ever have an opportunity to read Acts chapter 20, I challenge you to do that this week. But pick it up with me in verse 22. He is addressing some of his very closest leaders that he has been working tirelessly. And so it says this, and see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. He was bound. He could not do anything but what God was instructing him to do. He was bound by the Spirit. If we would wake up every day bound by the Spirit, my God, this world would turn upside down. He says, I go bound in the Spirit to, to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. He knows that something harmful may or may not happen to him. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. The word that Pastor Natalie said today, my life is not my own. It belongs to the Lord. But none of these things move me in verse 24, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed now I know that you all, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. He's telling him this is the last time that I'll see you. This is the last time I'm going somewhere. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen to me. I don't know if I'm going to live. I don't know if I'm going to die. But I know I won't see you again. This is a heartbreaking moment for Paul. He has given his life to the ministry. Yet this raw gospel message meant more to him than a friendship. This raw gospel message, the obedience to Christ, the obedience to God's voice and leading was more important to him than even his own ministries. He was willing to do whatever God called him to do. And so therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. 
What he's saying there is nobody can come back to me and say, you never told me about heaven, and you never told me about hell. You never told me about sin. You never told me about the cross. You never told me about the blood. You never told me about the resurrection. You never told me that. What he's saying is, you can't bring those things up against me, for I have taken my life and preached the full counsel of Jesus Christ. I haven't left anything out. I haven't left the uncomfortable things out. I didn't just give you milk. I gave you the meat of the word this man this man had a raw gospel message shut up in his bones and he had to let it out this is the mandate on our house we cannot come here and get filled and then empty ourselves of the Holy Ghost before we get to our car This is a refueling place. This fills you up so you can take this raw gospel message and reach your cousins and reach your uncles and your aunts and your neighbors and your coworkers and your boss. I'm tired of listening to weak, whiny believers saying, you know, I've been praying for them for 10 years. They never listened to me. Tell them again. I've invited them to church a couple times. They just see, keep saying, no, invite them again. They're going to hell if we don't step in. This is the raw gospel message. I don't want the blood of men on my hands. When I had the opportunity to share this raw gospel message, I need to pray in the Holy Ghost and say, God, take over. Give me boldness because I don't want this man. I don't want this woman's blood on my hand when I get to heaven and stand before that judgment seat. I don't want him to say, well, you were safe, but look at the line of people going to hell because you shut your mouth. People are going to hell. And there are people, souls, that have been attached and assigned to this house. Why go to Honduras, man? Because there's souls attached and assigned to this house. And our pastor and the team going with him, God has said to them, I need you to go. I'll make a way, you just go. And I am anticipating, and with childlike expectation, I am waiting with anticipation to hear the thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that got food, heard a raw gospel message, and when the man of God said, if you need Jesus in your heart, I'm anticipating. I see it. I hear it right now in the Spirit. I declare that every one of us would see it and hear it. Hands being raised to say, I need Jesus. I need him now. And when that altar call happens, I can just hear every demon in hell saying, no, not this one. Then I can hear all the angels in heaven saying, ah, Hell just lost another one. This is why we can't stay silent. Stand to your feet with me. Come on, stand to your feet. I know I took a little bit more time. We preach the full counsel of God in this place. We don't water it down. We don't dilute it. We're not here to make you feel good. We're here to challenge and provoke your, your life.
because we care about your soul. There is a hell. There is a hell. And if you don't make the right decision, you don't make the right choice, and your number gets picked and you get called home, your home will not be heaven. Can you imagine it for a second? The Bible says that it's a place of gnashing, teeth, a place where the worm never dies, a place of eternal damnation and pain. Can you imagine it for a second? It'll be hotter than you've ever experienced before, more torture than you've ever experienced in your life, more pain, and to know and to know that you had an opportunity to change that. Or can you imagine for a second, maybe you say, you know what, Pastor Rob, I'm saved, so that, that doesn't apply to me. Can you imagine standing before Jesus and him looking at you and saying, look at that line. Remember that time you were walking by that person on the street and I, I quickened your spirit. I challenged you to say something and you didn't. There he goes. Oh, you see your uncle over there. Remember that last time I challenged you to pick up the phone or go visit him and you said, nah, he'll never listen. There he goes. Can you imagine for a second? I don't know how it's going to go down, but that's what God has revealed in my heart. This is a raw gospel message and it changed and transformed my entire life. And my children are saved because of gospel message. Because there was a man in a little church in Oklahoma that wasn't afraid to teach the full counsel of God. And it arrested my heart and I did not want to go to hell. And that day changed my life. And today I believe somebody right now, you've been challenged to say, I need to reach out to my friend again. I need to reach out to my neighbor again. You have a raw gospel message. There's a cross that's empty. There's a tomb that's empty. But there's a Savior that is alive. And if you'll put your trust in Him, you too shall be saved. Would you bow your heads with me right now? In this place, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord of your life, I've been preaching about this gospel message. This is the gospel message. There is no other name by which man can be saved. The Bible says that if you will confess your sins with your mouth and believe with your heart that God is faithful and he's just to forgive you and you can make a decision to transform your life so that you can go to heaven so right now in this place whether you've lived for Christ and maybe you haven't been for the for a little while and you need to come back to Jesus that rededication I want to give you an opportunity to so right now, if you've never given Jesus your heart, whether it's the first time or this is a rededication, right now, without hesitation, just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands. Come on, there's hands going up right now. I'm going to give it another minute because I know, I know what God shared with me today. Come on, if you need Jesus, if you need Jesus, whether it's the first time or whether it's a rededication, don't, don't hesitate. Just slip up your hand right now. We're all here with you. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody in here is perfect. Nobody in here has it all together. Listen, I wake up every day and cry out to Jesus because I need him. So if you need Jesus right now, 
slip up your hand. Amen, amen. Come on, everybody in this place, would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I recognize you. I know that you have the power to save. So right now, I confess of my sins. I ask for forgiveness. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, family. We had several people just give their heart to Jesus. Come on, family. We celebrate. The gospel message still works. The gospel message still works. The blood hasn't lost its power. The cross is still empty and the tomb is still empty. But Jesus is alive forevermore. It still works. Come on, worship team, would you join me on this platform? Just I don't know where you're at in your life today. But I would be disobedient to God if I didn't move in this direction. And so the worship team will be up here and they'll play some things. But if you need a fresh touch from God, you need boldness so you can reach your friends or your family or your neighborhood. Or maybe God's stretching you to do something more insane than you've ever thought before change of career or I don't know something crazy and you just need a fresh touch from God I want to open up the altars and if you need prayer you need a miracle you need healing you need God, God to touch your life we're going to have some pastors up here for you and we're going to pray with you and we're going to pray for you but don't leave this place if you need a fresh touch from God would you just play something and say something we'll have some pastors up here the altar is open if you need prayer We'd love to pray with you. The enemy has been defeated.